You're listening to the College Golf Profiles podcast on collegegolfprofiles.com. Here are your hosts, Ryan Weggs and Chris Weinford. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this, the very first episode of the College Golf Profiles podcast. I am Ryan Weggs, looking forward to a long series of interviews with some of today's top college golf players on both the men's and the women's side. Today, we're getting started with Pearson Hunt, a sophomore at the University of Illinois. He is the reigning Wisconsin State Amateur Champion, finished third in the Wisconsin State Open last year, got his first win at the Isleworth Championship last October on the collegiate level. I uh, got to play with Pearson in an event last summer and just absolutely enjoyed uh, the entire afternoon with him and was really impressed with him as a, as a person. So I think you're going to see that come through in our conversation with Pearson. I was joined on this first interview by my colleague, Chris Weinfurt from the Duck Hook Golf Podcast. Enjoy. Pearson, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Um, we're really excited to have you on. Uh, we did a little bit of your bio here before we started talking to you, but just for those folks that that may not know, would love to hear. You've got a really interesting background and kind of life story. So I guess start there. How did you get into golf? Where are you from? Um, kind of all the places you've been up to this point. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, super pumped about it. Uh, I kind of got into golf really early, pretty much from the moment I was walking. I had like the little plastic set of golf clubs and the house that we lived in uh, backed onto a golf course. And so I would, you know, just kind of spend time in the backyard hitting a wiffle ball around and watching the guys play the course out back. And um, that kind of planted the seed, I guess. Um, and uh, we, my family's moved all over. I was born in Canada, spent short time in Wisconsin, then back to Canada for a while. And uh, we actually spent some time in the Netherlands overseas. Uh, we did three years there. And now I've been back in Wisconsin for, uh, this will be year seven, uh, right now in 2022. So, um, yeah, kind of moved all over. Uh, like I said, the golf seed was planted, uh, when we lived in Canada for the second time and, uh, really took off when we were overseas. Um, I wasn't able to play ice hockey and really devoted a lot more time to playing golf and started to love it more and more and decided I wanted to see how far I can take it. Of all the things that I know about the Netherlands, I will say that Netherlands golf is probably the lowest level of expertise I have on that list. What's the difference here between golf in the Netherlands and in the U.S.? Uh, definitely the style. Um, there's a decent number of, uh, like, especially in Wisconsin, like, you you have a lot of diversity on, like, the styles of golf courses that you see. Um, in the Netherlands, it's kind of you're either like a, a woodland course, just like tons of pine trees, um, just kind of shaped through the forest, or uh, you're playing like a really kind of brutal links course out on like the, the coast or um, in like the sand dunes that they have. And uh, ball goes a lot shorter because you're pretty much at or below sea level for the majority of the country. And um, yeah, but it was, uh, it was cool. It was, it was nice to kind of just take up the game with, a couple different styles and and then obviously i would started traveling for tournaments kind of to a few different countries in europe and got to see a couple different styles or different courses and um and really kind of i guess lay the groundwork for for what's happened in the last seven years in the states 
Do you have a favorite uh, favorite type of course or ta- uh, favorite place in the world that you kind of play the best or kind of meets your eye the most? Um, play the best. I don't really know if I have like one one spot. Um, for as far as like styles of golf, I I like the links links courses a ton. Um, I was able to play the old course when we lived in Europe, and that was really cool. And then um, obviously there's a couple of really good ones with Aaron Hills and whistling straights here in, in Wisconsin. And so, um, for me, like just, you know, I live fairly close to Aaron Hills and I've been fortunate to play both that and, and whistling a number of times now. And, um, those definitely, those two hold a special place in my heart. So obviously in the, the more recent past, we're sitting here in January of 2022 and you are coming off a, a heck of a 2021, so last year, winning the Wisconsin State Amateur Tournament and then grabbing your first college win in October at the Isleworth Collegiate Invitational, how are you kind of taking that in in stride and, and trying to build on that going into the 2022 season? Yeah, uh, it was a really, really good summer and fall months for me. Um, used a lot of what I learned in the spring to kind of keep building and, and just kind of going for like I didn't even make the lineup my freshman year in the spring. Um, but I was able to play a few events from an individual standpoint and then uh, be the alternate for postseason where I was able to watch the other guys on my team play big tens, regionals and nationals. And, you know, when you watch five world-class college golfers, like you're going to learn at least one or two things. And I was able to take a lot of what I saw and um, kind of just analyze my own game and see what I do and what I don't do. And, um, it paid off in the summer and fall where I was able to kind of just sharpen a few things up and, and change how I kind of approach rounds and, and playing golf. And um, yeah, like as far as moving into this spring with the season, just a couple of weeks away, really um, I don't really think there's much that I'm going to uh, change. It's just a lot of sharpening things. Um, I feel like I've figured out a formula that works uh, really well for me and um, results for the last kind of, eight months have, have kind of shown that, um, where I've kind of become more consistent and putting myself in contention. Um, and so for me, it's just a lot of, a lot of just trusting my process and, and staying committed to the things that have helped me kind of be where I am right now. So I kind of go back to, I think that's a, a really important point to talk about is going from, you know, a various, um, you know, high level of play in, you know, for your senior year of high school and being the number one and then going to a school where you are going to be, you know, behind a bunch of guys who are experienced kind of talk about your, your process of going and kind of starting almost over and being, you know, again, kind of the lowest man on the totem pole coming in. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I, I, you know, had a nice, nice career in high school golf and, and kind of junior golf in the, in the States here. And I was, I probably brought the wrong mentality into, uh, into my freshman year. I didn't like take it for granted, but I just kind of figured that with where my game was at, the jump wasn't as, uh, as severe from junior to college golf as it really was. And so I got to school in September last year and, um, or I guess two years ago, but, and, uh, was just kind of blown away by how far behind I was. And, uh, it was like a shock to the system. I was just, taken just really by like how 
how far ahead some of the guys who were there for even just two, three, and then we had a couple of guys who were fifth years. So like they're the, the amount of stuff that they knew and, um, and were able to, you know, kind of one up me in anything, um, definitely served as a really valuable lesson on that. I need to get better and I need to do it really quick. Um, or I was not going to have a very enjoyable freshman year. And, uh, and the guys who were ahead of me, they were, they were great. I, like you said, I was the very bottom of the, of our lineup. I was like the 10th guy out of 10. And, um, I was able to, you know, just kind of work at things and, and pick the older guys' brains and, and learn and grow. And by the time spring came around, I was kind of the sixth guy and, um, wasn't able to move higher than that, but that was a very, very, uh, you know, wasn't like happy being there, but I'm happy with what I learned being there. It was, it was really, really positive for me to, uh, to travel with, with the lineup and, and play as the individual at a lot of events. And then, like I said, uh, watch, watch them play and make their mistakes or, or, you know, play well and execute game plans properly and, and just see what I do differently than them. Yeah. And would you say it was, a, I mean, a lot of what you just talked about was a lot of the mental game with, and so I'm sure there was a big leaps made there just in terms of, like you said, going from kind of the amateur game to the collegiate game. Like there were just big mental jumps, would you say is probably the biggest. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot just kind of like it's mental and it's approaching the, approaching the round of golf in the right way. Um, you know, there's, there's things you can do leading up to rounds that, um, I might've done, or I, I did a little bit of, but, um, you know, in, at the college and professional levels, you have to do them to like the most, like the absolute maximum to, to see the results and, and be able to compete at these levels. And so, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was picking, picking the brains of the older guys, just asking a lot of questions, um, being open to the fact that I was behind them and, uh, and just knowing that, you know, if I, if I stick with it, it's not that I can, you know, I can't get down on myself for, for not being where I want to be in that moment. And, uh, and just kind of accept the fact that I, I, I wasn't going to beat them as much as I want to. It, it was like, I need to, I need to take everything that, you know, is around me and be a sponge and, and take it all in and just, you know, you don't have to use everything, but you can use a lot of it and a lot of it's going to help you a ton. So when you're talking about picking the brains of the older guys and, and kind of them mentoring you and, and helping you improve, um, is that coming from a sense of, you know, things like actual mechanics or is it more in terms of here's how you prepare for this course, this tournament, here's how you balance school with our schedule. What were kind of the biggest ways that they were impactful on your first year and a half so far? A lot more of just like the, the, like this, the later part of what you mentioned, like balancing school and traveling, you know, across the country, five, six, seven weeks a semester. Um, and then, um, like I said, just how you go about, playing around a golf there's a there's a flow that you have to get into and it's not like um you can't just get into the flow when you're playing well and you know you're hitting it well or or making a lot of putts it has to you have to accept that you know whatever the flow of the round is it's it's you just have to kind of move with it and deal with each situation um on its own but you know it's not like you make a bogey then you're sitting in the next fairway with a you know 
three wood in your hand maybe to go to a par five that's you shouldn't be going for in two and you still try and get it up by the green or on the green and you you know then you bogey a par five and then stuff starts spiraling it's it's just kind of ex- like accepting and learning how how rounds should should just kind of progress um and then um you know a lot of like the stuff that i dealt with was expectation and pressures that i was putting on myself um once i realized how far behind i was i i kind of i was like putting a lot of weight on my own, own shoulders to um to see the progress really quick and it's a lot more of a process than that and so for me it was like i played a couple events uh in the fall when we didn't have a season just on my own and put myself in like good spots going into final rounds and then pretty much choked all of them away and uh so for me like it was it was asking guys like how do you you know make sure that you're staying in your process during like final rounds or pressure situations or um spots where you get uncomfortable um because uh golf is pretty much just like constant problem solving you're you're not going to swing it perfect every day or or hit you know more than like one or two perfect shots each round um and so you're you're figuring out with what kind of what game you've got um how you can get the ball around in the fewest number of strokes and so for me it was just a lot of learning from from coaches and guys on the team how how they do it so that I can maybe you know test it out for myself and and see how I like like the different feels and approaches for that kind of stuff so then with that with that being said put us under your cap last summer when you're you're finishing your final round in the Wisconsin State Am knowing what you've gone through your freshman year knowing what you've been battling in those final rounds Talk us through that that final round of just what was different that day that helped you close things out. Yeah, it was – I think I, I brought like a three or four shot lead into the final round, and I was really nervous to start that day. Um, I got like absolutely no sleep the night before, and I was shaking a ton on the first tee, and I like flared one out left. But then it was like I'm sitting in the left rough at a course that's firm with a tucked pin, and it's it's like I was trying to play to the center of the green and I hit a bad shot and got lucky and I hit it to like 12 feet. And then it's like it's just about like like that was like flow of the round kind of stuff, because if I get too aggressive trying to start the round and I aim at the pin there, then I put myself in a spot where it's an impossible up and down and I'm looking at five as my best score pretty much. Um, and so, um, yeah, it was just it was just dealing with the situation of being nervous and being uncomfortable. And um, like I said, just problem solving. So like that course that week was really just brutally difficult. And I hadn't had a test like that in a really long time. And so it was just staying super committed to um, executing game plan for me. And that final round was spent just literally fully invested in hitting each shot because I couldn't let my mind like wander, you know, ahead to thinking about what's going to happen in in two hours or thinking about what other guys in in groups ahead of me are are doing. Maybe Um, I just like, cause if, if I started thinking other than, you know, I have this eight iron into, you know, back right pin. Like if I start letting my mind wander, I'm going to start falling apart pretty much. And I kind of did that in the middle of the middle of the round and I let things get to me and I lost a couple of shots and, 
I just kind of got back to what I knew I needed to do. And, and the, the second half of the round was executed exactly how I would have wanted it to. So right after you talked about not letting your mind wander, when did you let your mind wander? Cause you ended up winning by six and like, by the time you got to 18, were you still in your process? And was it kind of like when the final hole was, or the final putt was hold, is that when you kind of let yourself kind of like get to that time or was it? I would say the, uh, the moment that I really let myself like start appreciating the week was um, I hit the 18th tee shot and it was, like I, I couldn't hit it better. It was, it was perfect. And I had played like a really, really solid back nine, um, to kind of, I think the lead was probably like four at the turn and I built it up to six in the end. Um, so just like executing really well. And I hit the last tee shot and, uh, the one playing partner I had, he, he was putting his ball on the ground and he said, nice shot, enjoy the walk. And for me, that was like, that was the moment. Cause I didn't know where I stood. I didn't know if guys were making moves. I only knew what the two other guys in my group were doing. And so for me, when he said, enjoy the walk, that was my moment where I, you know, I stood back by my bag and I took a couple deep breaths and I really like just kind of soaked it all in and, uh, and just appreciated the fact that I was walking up the 18th in a spot that is exactly where I wanted to be when I teed off four days earlier. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point is because I was thinking too, is did you want to know what was going on around? I mean, it's the, your two playing partners are obviously you're going to know what's going on there, but like, did you, I know a lot of guys are scoreboard watchers. I kind of guess from that, that you're not really a scoreboard watcher. You're like, I'm going to go in my process and do my thing and whatever's happening around me, you can't really affect. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a scoreboard watcher. And part, that part of that probably stems from the fact that I've struggled with result thinking. And so I like pushing that kind of as far from my mind as I can. Um, and so like for me in pretty much all the golf that I've played well in the last like seven, eight months, I do everything I can to not know where I'm at in the tournament. Um, and so like at the state am, it was not checking the leaderboard the entire day at the state open. I did check a leaderboard in the middle of the third round. And then that was the, like literally the next hole I tripled the par five because I started getting yeah. out of the proper, you know, mental routine and just going about business shot one shot at a time. I started thinking, you know, there were 21 holes left in the tournament and I only had like a four shot lead at that point. But I, uh, I just started thinking way ahead of myself. And, um, in the end I finished like seven back or something. I just got lapped for the last, you know, last 18. And, uh, and then in the fall there was, you know, my, my win down in Florida, I, uh, I accidentally looked at the scoreboard at the turn cause they had a giant like electronic <laughs> one right there off the 10th tee and 18th green. And, uh, I was watching one of my playing partners tee off and it directly over his head, my name and my teammates name were T one right beside each other. And I was like, great now we now we just have to like use what we learned literally two months before in the state open and just push it away and so um and my coach has helped a ton with that you know i i said that i knew i told my assistant coach that i knew where i stood when i got to like i think it was the 11th tee he was waiting there on the part three for me and i said i know where i am right now and he said okay and then we just 
literally just went into the process for getting the number and shot for the par three. And that really helped me just kind of calm down. Um, but I didn't do a good enough job and I bogeyed like, I think I bogeyed 12 and 13. And for me, that was, I almost like gave up on the fact that I could win as an individual at that point because I had lost a couple shots. And so I turned my thinking to like, what, what way am I going to play these last five to help my team win? Cause we were like, we were five or six back, um, at that point for the team, team part of it. And I was like, what, where do, where am I going to like place the ball to, to pick up shots coming in? And as it turned out, I, I played the last five, like two under and was able to get the individual win. But, um, it's just like, it's a constant, like just grind to, to stay with, what you know works and it's it's way more difficult than just saying like when you're teeing off on the first hole that i'm just gonna you know play every shot as its own and not gonna not gonna think about anything i i don't want to and um because you're out there for five hours at least in a college round of golf at least five hours and uh it's uh it's brutal to to just have to like think that kind of strictly for that long so you have to give yourself like the breaks, but really make sure that once you, once you need to execute, you're, you're in the right mindset. So you mentioned there kind of being at least five hours in a college round. Is that the toughest adjustment on the course from, from other tournaments or, or levels that you've played at? Yeah. Like, and it, a lot of it depends on the courses too. Like, cause there are some college events where pace of play really isn't an issue, but for the most part, like you're, you have a lot of 36 whole days that start in shotguns or, um, you know, different things. And so there's been days where we don't finish 36 and what should be ample time to play maybe even like 45 holes. Um, and so like 11, 11 and a half, maybe even like 12 hour, 36 whole days. And it's just brutal. Cause you have to, like I said, you have to stay locked in for the, the moments that matter. Um, but, if you if you like exhaust yourself with with too much um, too much thinking in the in the moments in between, you're gonna start getting pretty tired by the end of a eleven hour golf golf day. You said something else in there before that you went from a you got away from results based you know sort of evaluation of yourself. So what what is it that really defines success for you? in a round, in a practice day and in a season? Uh, in a round, it's obviously like the final number on the scorecard. Like I want to shoot the lowest score I can. Um, but as far as like each shot goes, like you can't just tee it up and say like, I want to shoot like a 65 today and, and just go out and do it magically. It's, it's hitting my standard for each shot that I hit. So, um, you know, the, the standard varies depending on the situation, but like it's hitting, hitting a benchmark that's like going to help me be successful. And so normally that kind of just means doing it better than your average. Um, and so it's like, you could hit like a, a mid iron to, you know, 20 feet and maybe you're not like thrilled about it. Like you're not like, I hit that exactly where I wanted to but it's still better than your average. And so you're still executing to like, to a level where you're, you're performing really like at a super high level. 
And so um, it's kind of just like, and it goes back to flow of the round kind of stuff for me, like just kind of rolling with the punches, rolling with, you know, where you're trying to put the ball to, to shoot the lowest score you can. And um, that's been like the biggest part for me, just being really, really invested in that process of knowing what I want to do and putting all my attention towards doing that for that exact shot. Yeah, that's got to be, because especially for last year's State Am, where I think you couldn't go out there and say 64, 65 is like the score because it was playing so tough. So it's like the the best score or, you know, your best score, I think those numbers change. And so it's all just about like executing the shots as much as to say, hey, maybe I shot 71 today, which was even par, but, you know, on 80% of the shots I hit is like, you know, I felt good with the results because that's where I wanted to put it. Is that kind of what you're thinking has to be totally yeah the uh there were the i think it was the second round of the state am i shot two over and that was the day that scores were like astronomical like scoring average was like an 81 or something like that and that's just absurd even for a state am um but like i played I played the worst golf out of all four days there and i still executed to a standard where that was like the fifth best score that day mm-hmm. because it was so tough. And like, it's just, it's knowing what level you can perform at and, um, and just kind of like letting it happen a little bit more. Like, you know what you want to do and you know, maybe like what shot you want to hit or whatever. But like by the end of the round, everything, everything just comes together. And the only thing that matters is what that final number is. And so it's, it, it's just piecing that puzzle together, kind of. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you talked about it before is kind of removing the execution from the results because, you know, as, as people who play golf, you just, you're so tied to that number at the end, not as much like, you know, your buddies aren't going to say like, what'd you shoot today? You're not going to say, well, I shot 71, but I executed perfectly. Like they don't really care mm-hmm. about that, you know? So it's tough to, to get those two apart. So I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. Now you've got obviously your your college schedule uh, down there in Champaign. I know you played in the Patriot All American a couple weeks ago. We're talking about some of these other tournaments that you played in last summer. How do you go about building your tournament schedule for the year? Um, a lot of it really depends on kind of just where you are in like rankings or how you've played in a couple different events because then you get like a few different exemptions or that kind of stuff. So. Um, you know, there's always like a few, few events that I, I want to keep on my schedule, like the big ones, like the Western Am. And obviously I want to make another USAM, like keep playing in those, those super, super high level amateur events. Um, and a lot of it depends on when they are, where they are. Like the travel is a huge part of it because it's not like I'm, you know, flushed with cash. I'm a 20 year old college kid and my parents are still paying for the majority of it which I'm extremely thankful for because I wouldn't be able to play any tournaments otherwise. Um, and Shout so out mom and dad. It, Thank you. Shout yeah, out exactly. mom and dad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and so for me, it's, it's kind of just like building it to where I know I'm not going to exhaust myself because when you're on the road and playing for an entire summer and you're just coming off a spring season in college golf and you're just going into a fall season for it, like you still have to build it where you're, body and your mind are going to be able to perform wherever you're teeing it up 
because you don't want it to happen where you've played so much that, you know, now you're, you've made the USM, but you're absolutely drained and you pretty much, you have to perform to your highest level that week just to make match play. You want it to be where you're feeling good enough and your game's in a, in a spot where when you play really well, you, you know, you're making a deep run into it. And you've also got your commitments with Team Canada. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so this is my first year on the on the amateur team with Golf Canada. Um, so far, we've just had a couple training camps, but um, a lot of what they do is just support us. Um, they give us resources to um, to to use. We have you know mental coach, uh, physio, uh, nutritionists, and then obviously just the actual golf coaches. Uh, that are with the team, uh, we're, we're super, super lucky that, you know, that we're so, so supported by, um, by our country. And so for me, it's, it's, uh, it's been a really fun, you know, two and a half months now that I've been on the team, uh, getting to know all the other guys. I've felt fairly disconnected from the Canadian golf community, not having lived there for 10 years now. Um, and so kind of getting back into it, getting to know the guys, getting to, um, you know, just back to a point where I am more a true Canadian than kind of just an adopted one, like a lot of people, uh, consider me. Um, but no, it's, it's been good. And then, you know, there's, there's a lot of times there's a coach at like an amateur event, um, through the winter or summer months. And, um, you know, they're there to bounce ideas off of, because obviously you're, your college coaches kind of serve that same role in, in the college seasons. And, um, for the most part, they're spending their winter and summer, you know, recruiting or, or spending time with donors or different things like that. And so, um, it's, it's kind of just more, you know, extra resources, extra levels and, um, levels of support that, that you can use, uh, before you turn pro. Kind of talk about the the popularity of the game up there, because obviously I think the the, the a lot of the uh, sport uh, focus up there is on hockey, but I know that it gained a lot of popularity. So kind of talk about its popularity growth up there. Yeah, it Canada was uh, like their like COVID golf boom was ridiculous. They saw huge numbers of people who um, who wanted to play or, or were, were were playing, and you know their guidelines were you know fairly strict compared to the States. And so it kind of gave everyone, I feel like that like extra little itch, like they, they wanted to be out there even more because um, they had like less opportunity to maybe. Um, and so, but it's kind of the same, like, you know, we see the winter fairly hard in Wisconsin and for the most part, everyone in Canada gets the same or worse. And so for them, for the months that they get to play golf, like everyone's out there and they, that's their time to, uh, to play and they love it. And so, um, you know, that's how I was when I lived in Canada for eight years and, and was kind of just starting to play. I only had like a five and a half, six month season, uh, in Calgary. And it was like, like when the months came for it and I wasn't playing hockey, I loved playing golf. I loved like just playing or practicing or doing anything like that. And, um, a ton of Canadians share that same passion. Is it, uh, do they have the similar facilities, I guess, here in Wisconsin now it's, you know, kind of limited with the, the golf facilities they have in terms of, you know, simulators or hitting, but, uh, is it very similar to what we have here or is it kind of different about how they stay warm up there for golf? Uh, yeah, a lot of like, a lot of simulators, um, a lot of like golfing domes, like that kind of stuff. And, um, it's kind of 
fairly similar similar to Wisconsin where it's like where can I hit balls to the winner? Like yeah. where can I where can I fulfill the 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 itch? And there's a there's definitely a balance. So you were just talking about keeping up that that mental and, and physical energy level. So in some respects I'm sure that the the colder winters give you a nice break, but how do you balance that with trying to keep your game sharp when you're hitting into a net instead of, you know, down a fairway? Yeah, it's, you know, it's tough. Like when you, when you're practicing inside for like a longer period of time and then you go to tee it up in a tournament or like you head down south to play, um, you know, you've just gone from seeing six or eight or 10 feet of ball flight to now having to, having to like actually visualize or like create shots and stuff. And that's, that's a huge struggle for, for pretty much anyone who's going to try and, you know, go from winter weather golf up in, in the Midwest here in Canada, uh, to playing, you know, competitive or, or just any kind of round of golf, uh, in the winter. Um, and a lot of it's just kind of, for me, like I use, I, I use simulators in the winter when I'm here, I have a net that I sometimes set up in my basement and hit to. Um, but like, for me, it's just, it's just falling back to like the, the process and the creativity, you know, making shots, problem solving, that kind of stuff. So you're, you're a proud member of the fighting Illini currently. When you were getting recruited, what were the things that drew you most to champagne? And then as a follow-up to that, what is the thing that you didn't know before you got there? That's been the, the biggest surprise on the positive side. Um, I would say the the biggest thing for me was like culture. Like I wanted to go to a place where there was like a huge desire to to win, to get better, to like push each other, and that certainly exists here, and that's kind of been proven for the last you know dozen years. Um, and then you know other big factors were um, you know quality coaching, which again that box definitely ticked here at Illinois, um, and um, good education again great school um and you know all the different pieces kind of they came together for me where I saw different things from other schools and I said you know I don't love that or or, oh I actually kind of I like that that part of what they do and uh you know by the end of the entire process there was pretty much no other option it was it was Illinois 100 percent you know about Illinois before you got there that now that you've been there you've just fallen even more in love with it I would say it's it's probably not like the biggest thing but just the how nice the weather is compared to Wisconsin it's actually like it's it's not just like oh it's in Illinois so it's probably the same like we actually get like a few extra weeks on each end of the season to to play or you know have like 50 60 degree days and uh but probably like that's not a great answer honestly but like i would say probably it it, it uh, is a good answer (laughs) no but it's the truth is always a good answer even when it hurts (laughs) i think another part is that i knew that we um that we always have like a pretty like a very strong schedule for the events we play um but there's kind of like there's different aspects that our coaches put into building our schedule and so like a lot of springs, we start out playing events in like Louisiana or, or Alabama where, you know, in February and March, they're still dormant or they, you know, they're maybe like wet. They 
probably got a lot of rain. It's maybe like muddy. And so it's kind of just like, maybe it's not as strong an event as some other tournament that we've played or the course isn't, you know, as prestigious a, a track, but being there is like maybe more valuable for your game because you're forced into situations that are going to test you and you have to execute. And um, So for us, like we always kind of start our spring traveling down to the South, um, but not like, not down to Arizona or South Florida where it's absolutely perfect in February. It's, you know, we're going somewhere where like we played events where we were still wearing like four layers of clothes and beanies and it was raining sideways and stuff like that. And so um, just kind of the different things that um, go into to building a schedule and, and sharpening a like a college golfer's uh, game over four years. So, I'm going to, I know we've talked a lot about focusing uh, mentally here. I'm going to try to throw you off here and I'm going to talk a little bit about obviously a very strong professional golfer history at Illinois, uh, Steve Stricker, uh, Mm -hmm. Illinois grad. Um, Do they have, I mean, are you kind of even now, even kind of getting into now thinking of like longer term of like, Hey, this can be a career outside of this. And does, does Illinois, or I guess do a lot of schools kind of even prepare you for that as well as say like, Hey, this is something you could do professionally. And we want to get you ready for that. Yeah, no, it's, I would say for pretty much everyone of like the top tier D one schools, that's like their like primary focus for their guys. Obviously you're there to compete for the school, to try and win championships and, and, uh, and you know, better your game. But at the end of the day, like, you're you've chosen this place to to better your game and try and make a career out of it like you said and so um like for us we do a ton of stuff with like we always have our stats compared to like a pga tour benchmark and um you know everything we do um it's it's not just to try and be like the best in college golf it's it's to try and reach like the absolute highest level and so it's always just building you know no matter where you're at the ceiling can always be pushed higher. And um, until you reach your own ceiling, you don't know where that is. And so you can just keep pushing and pushing and getting like 1% better at, at something and, and just keep seeing that growth. And, uh, you know, we, like you said, we have a ton of like professional um, alumni and support. And um, a lot of guys in recent years have uh, seen like quick paths to the PGA or corn Ferry tours and, um, so for us, like, it's just more proof that kind of the stuff we preach and, and focus on for the time that we're here works because, you know, it's obviously it's shown by a large number of guys seeing that success really early. Yeah. The pedigree is there where it's like, this isn't your final step. You know, guys don't come to Illinois. I mean, I'm sure some do and that's the lot, but that you guys have higher aspirations than just a national title. It's, you know, there's going to be something, a career after that. So yeah, that's good to hear. Pearson, I know you are a big reader, uh, even outside the classroom. What, what books are on the nightstand right now? I'm not that creative, I guess, in my reading because I reread a lot of the same stuff. Um, I, I kind of always go back to like the, the Bob Rotella's and um, the John Gordon kind of books. Like a lot of the, you know, some of it's focused for golf and some of it's focused for more just like general mental professional success in whatever you choose to do. Um, but a lot of it's like the same kind of stuff that, 
um, you know, we emphasize here in our culture, it's, it's like the, the grittiness, the, the desire to get better at whatever you do. And, um, so I go back and I read a lot of that kind of stuff all the time. And so, um, yes, I don't have anything reading like on the go right now. I'm not reading anything, but, um, I'll definitely start, start getting into that now that I'm back and, and settled. So obviously reading is, is one thing to do. I know that there needs to be a pressure release because if you know, you're know you focusing so much on tournaments and all this stuff, there needs to be a pressure release. Are there other things that you do where it, you know it's like, hey, this is my escape from golf this is where I do to kind of like reset back to zero? Yeah, we, you know, we try and go to pretty much any like other team sporting events. We go to a ton of the basketball games, a lot of the football games, um, soccer, baseball. You know, we, we try and, you know, make sure that we're, just kind of, like you said, giving ourselves like the breaks. And at the end of the day, they're the other athletes are a lot of our really close friends. And so it doesn't suck to go and watch them compete in their sport too. Um, and it's a lot more entertaining than them coming in and watching a five hour round of golf. So they, they got to return the favor though. Come on. <laughs> it's uh, I don't really blame them. Honestly, it's, I, I wouldn't say that if we, uh, if we had, you know, a huge group of student athletes come out and watch us, they would, all just you know say that was the best time of their lives but um no it's it's fun we we uh and then you know it's just you're at school and you know you're a student but like our team and i'm it's the same with pretty much every team here and every golf team and other team at other schools like you're kind of your own little like fraternity and so for the nine of us like there are not a lot of days where we don't spend like all our time after practice or meals or different things with everyone together. And so, you know, whether that's like sitting on the couch and, you know, playing like FIFA or something like that, it, it could be that, or it could be going to events or it could just be like just getting a meal. Like all of your time is kind of just spent with like, with these people that you are pretty much brothers with at this point. And, um, and so that's also like, it's super helpful to have that kind of, um, you know, that kind of connection with this many guys that you can just kind of release, like you said, release from, you can joke around and, um, you know, there's, there's never anything that, um, that's really like that crazy to, to do or think of with, with any of the guys. Well, and similarly on that note, I had the good fortune of being paired up with you in an event last year. That was not a serious event, uh, but even there, I could tell there's not a lot of non-serious moments for you on the golf course. How tough it is, is it for you to just go out and do, you know, Tiger calls it the hit and giggle, right? How, how tough is it for you to go out and do something like that? Yeah, accepting uh, accepting failure is something that has to happen a lot in golf. Um, you have to accept that you're not going to play well or you're going to hit a lot of bad shots. Um and obviously you don't want to, and that's why you get, you know, frustrated or mad about it. But, um, it, you kind of just, for me, like I use just the moments in between shots and, you know, whether I'm playing with my guys at school or, or I'm playing with guys from other schools and tournaments, like you kind of talk about the same thing. It's like how, like you talk about classes, you talk about, you know, you talk about a ton of other sports with other guys from other schools. Cause you know, you play with, you play with like guys from LSU or Alabama and you're like, yeah, your football team, they would absolutely smoke us or something <laughs> like that. And, um, 
but it's just it's kind of just fun like you, you really try and just keep it as light as possible because like i said earlier the moments where you actually get to your ball and you have to hit a shot and execute that's the moment where you know you're you're shutting everything else out and you can't shut everything out for five hours you have to give yourself yourself like breaks in between and uh and you know at the end of the day it's college golf is 19 to you know 22 year olds just hitting a little ball and so if you kind of just sit back and put it all in perspective it's it's a lot easier to kind of allow yourself the freedom between uh between swings yeah i think i i think what um i find the most interesting is that you have that you have that fraternity of guys that are on your own team and you're not you're not eating a lot of meals alone like you know you always got nine other guys who are like hey, i'm grabbing some food like let's eat um, but I'm always interested in the in kind of the cross team, like you just mentioned. You know, you're playing with a lot of similar guys and a lot of similar tournaments with these guys. Is there a little bit of a um, you know almost a fraternity with those guys too to understand? Like, yeah, I'm trying to beat you today, but it's also like I got to spend the next five hours with you. Like, I don't want it to be a tense situation. Yeah, you know, and there's obviously going to be relationships that are really strong, and there's going to be some tension between a couple guys probably by the end of a season if you've played with them a few times. Maybe get your ass kicked by them once or twice, or um, you know they. It, it's all kind of just, it's just like normal personal relationships, mm-hmm. but it is like you have like a lot of really close friends on other teams, and so you know like you get to an event and you see them, and um, maybe you get paired with one, and then you can kind of chum it up down the fairways instead of maybe like getting to know a new guy during those five hours. It's you know you're catching up with a friend who you maybe haven't seen in, you know, one, two, three months. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty fun. Like just kind of, I know a lot of the guys from junior golf. um, And so now that, you know, they, maybe they were older than me and then they were in college golf and we didn't see each other for a while. Now I'm kind of seeing them all again. And so, um, you know, that's, it's a cool little dynamic and obviously you want to kick everyone else's ass. um, But you can, you can be a nice dude about doing it. That's the one great part about golf is that you can want to kick someone's ass and, you know, and chum it up with them at the same time. I mean, it's a, it's, I think one of the rare sports that's allowable to do that. So I think that's great. Yeah, for sure. A couple rapid fire questions to close us out here. What is your favorite college course outside of Champaign? Outside of Champaign? Yes. You can't default to your own course. Okay. Um, I would say I really liked Greyhawk where the national championship was. I only got to play uh, the practice rounds, but I'd played events there in the past. And I think, um, I think it's a really good like championship course. Favorite non NCAA course. Aaron Hills. Number one course remaining on your bucket list. Uh, would love to play Pine Valley. Just, I'm kind of like a architecture and like history nerd with golf. And so like, I like the really old courses or the really like kind of hidden gem kind of things. And so Pine Valley kind of, you know, it's got the ratings, it's got the, the privacy, the, the little kind of quirks it has. I, I love that stuff. Favorite golfer currently on tour. I like John Rahm. He's kind of just like, just there to you know kick some ass he he has fun but like he you can tell that he's out there and 
his like desire to win is the absolute highest out of anyone. Pearson, thank you so much for joining us. We really had a great time. Best of luck to you and the Illini this year, and hopefully we can catch up with you later this season. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was it was a blast.